everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Coco and Dalts. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming offerings on Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Amazon Prime Video, and Apple TV Plus. And today we have a brand new release for you, hot off the presses of Netflix called Inside Man. I'm not Daltz. And I'm not Coco. And not Coco, what is Inside Man all about? Well, Inside Man is really two stories wrapped in one. Inside Men? In, yes. <laughs> I, we're going to get to the title at some point because okay. I don't all really right. know what it has to do with anything. Okay. Um, but yes, it's uh, the story of two activities happening, one in the United States and one in the UK. So I will read uh, a very... Uh, Brief synopsis of it. A prisoner on death row in the United States and a woman trapped in a cellar under an English vicarage cross paths in the most unexpected way. You really didn't want to do the summary. I really didn't want to do the summary. (laughs) It's because I always get heckled after I do the summary. I'm not heckling. And then then there's piling on after. And then there's in in the green room after the show. There's all sorts of trouble. So it stars uh, David Tennant as the vicar. Who is whose name is Harry Watling. Sexy Vicar. Sexy Vicar. Two <laughs> words that have never been put together <laughs> in the English language. And uh, so he's in the UK. He's in the UK part of it. And then Stanley Tucci plays Jefferson Grief, who is the death row inmate who is in the United States. And then there are other characters who are played by Dolly Wells, uh, plays Janice Fife. So she's the woman in the basement. And she has a friend named Beth Davenport, who's played by Lydia West. And she's concerned for her missing friend. And there are other characters as well. But that's the basic story right there. Coco, what do you think of my summary? Do you want to start over and I can do the summary? (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you, you just don't like my summaries. So that's why I always ask you to do them. And then you're like, I don't want to do the summary. And then I do the summary and then you criticize it. Because you mail it in. I do mail it in because I'm not very good at it. Why would I be good at it when you can be better at it? So Daltz did a great job summarizing the four-part Netflix miniseries, each part of which lasted right about an hour. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes I think that the summary is too long, so I try to keep it short. I know. I am I am verbose. So, no, well, I wouldn't say that, but it's a summary. It's supposed to be summarized, you know, not like explain everything that happens. So that's what the basic story is. Okay. And it's, like uh, Coco said, four episodes, about an hour each, on Netflix, um, just released. And should we go into how we thought about it, or is there anything else we need to add off the top? Well, I could add a lot, but I won't. Because so. you might get criticized for yeah. adding? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could weave it into what that's you're going to say. That's what I'm planning on doing. All right. So um, I did the summary. So you go first, Coco. What did you think of Inside Man? So I wish this had been two different movies or a series. And then I, we could have not watched one of them. <laughs> I I know that they tried to weave them together, mm-hmm. but I was much more interested in the Stanley Tucci death row detective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than in the David Tennant sexy murderous vicar, which so, is... Explain a little bit about what uh, Stanley Tucci's character did. So Stanley Tucci is on death row in Texas for not just murdering, but decapitating his wife, which Apparently. I kept waiting for 
that to be revealed that he didn't actually do that. Mm-hmm. Because he never, he kind of admits it in a half-ass sort of way, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I don't know. I just, I kept waiting for that big twist, mm-hmm. which didn't really come. Maybe, Maybe it's going to come in if it gets picked up for later. Yeah, if there's a season two, perhaps that would be it. But anyway, so he's on death row, and for some reason... Because he was a professor of criminology in his past life, he gets a pass to help people solve crimes Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I thought that storyline was interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a guy on death row, but he has this whole network of people on the outside who help him solve crimes. And he did get a little bit, the character did get a bit tiresome at some point, because I've said before, I don't tend to like detective shows where the main detective is like a savant and Mm -hmm. has a 10 minute monologue at the end of every episode to explain how he solved the crime. And then they have flashbacks to things that they didn't bother to show the audience (laughs) throughout the episode, which would have helped to have that clue along the way. Right, exactly. So it did kind of veer into that territory a bit. I didn't enjoy that. One thing I will add to the summary is that the series was uh, written by Stephen Moffat, who also did the BBC Sherlock and several seasons of Doctor Who. And I was apprehensive when I saw that he was the guy behind this because even though I have not seen many episodes of Doctor Who, I do know many people in the fandom. And I did also watch Sherlock until it went off the rails. And he was criticized by the Doctor Who fandom for also forcing that show off the rails. So I was kind of <laughs> apprehensive when I saw that he was behind this. And I don't think that I was wrong in my <laughs> assumption that that is apprehension? what would happen to this show. So anyway, so that's... Uh, I, I've, I've spoken a bit. What, what do you think, bud? So I think that the, uh, so the vicarage part is yes. where I'm a little bit more flabbergasted. And I think you are too. Yes. And I, there's a lot of suspensions of disbelief in yes. this one. And so what happened in the, um, in the vicarage was the idea that, uh, he gives a lady a ride home. Who's the tutor for his, uh, son. And uh, through a, a, a rather... A, a series uh, of unfortunate events. So it feels like the Three's Company of 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 miniseries where it's just like, remember that episode where there was a misunderstanding? It's like, that's every episode of Three's Company for anybody who's old enough to re- remember that. And so this feels like a, a series of terrible, tragic misunderstandings gone wrong. So, you know, it it turns out to be like an innocent mistake. It's like, oh, well, don't put that flash drive in there. Oh, here's the flash drive. Flash drive has porn on it. Oh, it's not my porn. No, it's my kid's. Is it your kid's porn? No, it's not my kid's porn. And then there's all sorts of like, I must protect my kid. And it just, it snowballs to this unbelievable level of misunderstanding. Now, maybe you have to be English and understated to appreciate this because there's a lot of things like, oh, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say this because it's very proper and very... You know, things are unsaid in the UK and it's more repressed and that sort of thing. Um, You don't want to, you know, you want to keep the stiff upper lip and all that sort of stuff. But this just ends up being a shite show because the lady ends up getting pushed down the stairs and it just, she hits her head on the door or the table and just, you want to say something, so I'm going to stop. Yeah, so... The, uh, I mean, I understand why she, so the math tutor is at the house. Somehow she ends up putting a flash drive in her computer. Mm -hmm. It contains child porn, which the vicar 
not realizing it was child porn, uh, was holding on to for, for one of his parishioners. Of his right? parishioners yeah. And instead of him telling her, I'm holding on to it for a parishioner, well, he has to protect the parishioner, but now she thinks it's his son's porn. And yeah, it's just, just tell her it's the guy, the other guy's porn. It's like, like say, okay, yes, let's go to the police station right now. Right. You know, like you're white. Like they're and the vicar, they're gonna believe you. Right. They're gonna believe you're the vicar that yeah. this is not your child porn. Yeah. Like, say you had no idea what was on it. Like, they'll, I'm sure they'll be able to go to the parishioner's house and find other child porn somewhere because he's always hiding it from his mom. But <laughs> so it, yeah, the it would whole, have been straightened out with like one comment right at the beginning, and then we wouldn't have had anything. That whole David Tennant half of the plot was just ludicrous. It was ludicrous. And yes, I just. I, I didn't like any of the characters, <laughs> right. actually, really, in either of the main plots, the oh, Texas really? plot or the UK plot, but yeah. the UK plot especially, like, I didn't like any of them. And that's hard for me to admit, because I like David Tennant, but mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. just ridiculous. And yeah. Janice, the victim in the basement, was annoying. And well, then she was trying to be conniving and clever, and yeah. whatever you do, don't gag me. And then, right. of course, you know what happens is that she gets gagged, and like right. all these things that she's playing the husband and wife against each other, and yeah. it just seemed contrived, and it seemed yeah. really hard to believe that any of this would really happen. Like, this would really... I think the idea here was that this could happen to anyone. You know, yeah. here's an innocent couple and they're going along in their life and all of a sudden it's destroyed by this one incident, this accidental flash drive insertion in the laptop. It's like, no, I, I don't think it would have gone this way. And they did, you know, that was like a theme that Stanley Tucci's character kept driving home was, well, anybody can be driven to murder in right. the right circumstances. Right. And like yeah. now, now here's the vicar, mm-hmm. you know, about to kill like a math tutor. So yeah, it was just... I feel like I'm veering off course because there's just like so much annoying about this whole thing. (laughs) Like it's really hard to separate out the different threads, but. I think so. One of the points that you raised when we were talking about it briefly was that the Stanley Tucci storyline, that would be an interesting recurring series or like, you know, cases come to this guy and he solves them. Mm-hmm. And he's got the assistance of his fellow death ray, row inmate, uh, the black guy who had a photographic memory, apparently. Played, uh, I believe the character's name was Dylan. He mm-hmm. was played by, um, I believe the char- the uh, actor's name is Atkins Esteban. I, even though he did really bad things <laughs> in the series, I liked his character. Yeah, he was good. He was comic relief. I, I, like, yeah. I, I enjoyed him. I liked him too. I thought he was funny. He was comic relief. And he was a little bit more of a relatable character than any of the other characters, even though he was a killer. He seemed like he was a little bit more, uh, you know, like kind of a WTF kind of person in this whole uh, charade. But um, I would I would watch something along those lines, like Stanley Tucci. I, I like Stanley Tucci. He's great. He was in one of my favorite movies of all time. Spotlight. Yes. And um, Who was he in Spotlight? He was uh, the lawyer who helped out... Uh, What's his name's character? Michael Keaton? No. the uh, Mark Ruffalo? Yes. Mark oh. Ruffalo's character. He was representative of a lot of the kids uh, who had been abused. Oh, okay. I don't uh, know. A lawyer. I don't watch Spotlight every week like you do. No. So I don't No. I, I, and clearly I've memorized it because I can't remember any of the actors' <laughs> names or the <laughs> characters' names. Um, but... Uh, I like Stanley Tucci. Uh, he's got that voice, that really cool, deep, 
dark voice that was perfect for this role. He's got that sort of like disdainful look that he has, that it's a patented kind of look that uh, everybody appreciates. And I uh, I liked his character and I liked that storyline. Um, he did seem a little smarmy at times. I think you're right. Yeah. He kind of was like, yeah, you know, I'm better than you and all that sort of stuff. But um, I would watch that. However, I just, it, it was just too fabricated. The whole thing was just too artificial. It was too forced. The interweaving of the storyline seemed a little bit like, why is he there and why is she there? And it just, it just didn't work for me on, a lo- on all sorts of levels. Yeah, the, the very thin thread that connected the two storylines yeah. was a journalist who befriended the math tutor went to America to interview Stanley Tucci's character and mentioned while she was there, oh yeah, my friend is missing. And that's how Stanley Tucci's character got on the math tutor case. Yeah. So yeah, it was a very, it it wasn't difficult to follow going back and forth between the, the two main plots or right. anything. Like it's not like there were any weird time jumps or anything. It was very obvious what was what but it was just like you said it was just so convoluted and contrived and i hate saying that but i I, had high hopes despite the apprehension for the showrunner and yeah i uh i really wanted to like this me too because i i like the i like the idea of stories like this where they cross over Mm. when they make sense and when they're not contrived um some of the dialogue i thought was really good um i thought some of the acting was really good I thought they tried to do different things. And we talked about this in the previous podcast we did about camera angles. There was a little bit a different approach to the camera angles. Um, but there were some scenes that just really brought it all down. And not to mention the entrance song. Every time Stanley <laughs> Tucci came on the screen, it was this real down south. Like it was almost like a like a bayou kind of. It, it was what you could tell that it was a UK produced song thinking of what an American song would be. And it was, it was not in the, it wasn't in the bayou, it wasn't in Louisiana or anything like that. It was in Texas or something. It was in the desert where where the American portion of this takes place. But every time Stanley Tucci's char- character walked in, it was this like pseudo voodoo swamp <laughs> yeah. chant that came on there that was just not. Every time it came on, I had to laugh. I mean, it was just like the first time it was really cool, and then. It ended up being it's the song that they play when the credits go up and all that sort of stuff. Just overplayed. I I concur. Yeah. So, um, anything else we want to rail on on this one? I mean, there's lots of possibilities we can go in any direction. So one of the Stanley Tucci characters, hench people in the UK, was a Scottish criminal who helped <laughs> the journalist when the yeah. journalist came back to the UK. And her accent was really thick. It was. It was. <laughs> like I could, I could not understand everything she was saying. I I got the gist of it, but I was just like, "Wow, that's a thick accent." It was a pretty thick accent. Yeah. yeah. It was, but she was a good character, but she wasn't in it very very long either. No, huh? She, I think she was just in the, the fourth episode. episode. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, any anything else to no to add? No, I, I think we could probably go right to the grading of this one. Wow. I mean, unless there's more criticism, more hilarious criticism we can offer. (laughs) I also wish they had expanded on, uh, there was a lady who came to the prison to hire Stanley Tucci's character to find her husband who had been missing for five years. And somehow he was able to figure out that she had actually killed him and buried his body. And 
the last we saw of her was when she was confronted with that and like drove off suddenly. And I'm like, but where'd she bury the body? Right. Like, I want to, I want to follow up on that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, I was, I was upset about that. So uh, a grade, a letter. <sighs> yeah, I, this is, this is a tough one. Why? Like, well, it's, it's not tough in that I didn't, particularly enjoy it but it's tough because like you said i wanted to like stanley Mm -hmm. tucci is great i love david tennant Mm -hmm. i think the storylines had one of the storylines had promise Mm -hmm. you know it's just the whole execution was no pun intended with the death row detective Ah. the whole execution was just not fantastic and that the whole david tennant vicarage thing just from the get-go i was out yeah like it didn't even i thought maybe it would come around Uh and start sympathizing with some of the characters but they just repeatedly did stupid things right it's like you know the cell phone is ringing and it's your dad and the woman's saying don't answer it and the kid's like what do i do it's like just answer the phone right like all you have to do is answer the phone and there's all these other things that could have happened the same way it's just like just do this sim this this logical thing (laughs) and then all this illogical stuff will not happen right and it just i don't know it just it didn't work for me at all. Whereas the, the, the Tucci storyline engaged me a little bit longer anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I might actually give it a deep, deep plus maybe. Is that your lowest ever? No, I think I gave Criminal UK an F for feminism one oh. time because <laughs> yeah. it was so misogynistic. That's right. That's <laughs> you right. You did. So I gave the second season of Criminal UK an F, but other, I, I think I've... I think maybe Wonder Woman uh, Part 2, I gave like a D minus to also. I forgot we did that one. Yeah, that yeah. was bad. Yeah. Okay, so what about you? Um, uh, you're giving it a 4 out of 10. I'm probably going to... And then gonna, also a no, don't watch. Here. here. Okay. Well, oh, well, well, yeah, but but <laughs> I'm going to give... This is going to be... See, in our ever-evolving grading system, listener, <laughs> I'm going to give this... So the don't watch is absolutely true. Don't watch. Don't pay any attention to this one. Don't even go there. Four episodes, four hours. Watch Spotlight twice, and then you'll be good to go. <laughs> um, I think that what uh, my number grade will be the Tucci uh, part of the story, the Stanley Tucci part of the story, I would give that about a five. Oh, okay. The Vicarage one, I would give about a one or a two. Yeah. It was just like slapstick funny at times, and it wasn't supposed to be. And I just... There's no no redeeming qualities of that. Like, it's too bad you couldn't parse out one story from the other. Right. And just watch the Stanley Tucci thing, although they were pretty intertwined. But it was just, it felt like, and I think I mentioned this to you before, Coco, is that it felt like they were sitting in the room somewhere in London and like, we want, here's two movies and let's get them produced. And they were like, no, nah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to moosh them together. Yeah. And we're going to make one movie out of them. And mm-hmm. it just, like, no, it just didn't work at all. No, yeah. So skip. <laughs> I I concur, which is odd because usually when we watch a multi-part se- series like this, Daltz is always like, well, you know, I liked it, but it was too long. They could have cut it down from 10 to 6 or, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 7. I'm like, I story-wise, you know, I don't, I mean, it's only four episodes. Right. Like you're in and out. Like right. you can do it in one night. We did it in two nights, you know, just because we're old and we wanted to go to bed early, mm-hmm. you know. So it should, that should be a redeeming factor, but no. no. No, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even bother. No recommendation right here. And that pains me because David Tennant. Right. Love David Tennant. I love him too. And I just was, there were times when I was like, oh, that's, he, he wants that back. 
<laughs> that scene, you know, he does something and he acts in it and it was just over the top. And then talk about wigs. You were talking about wigs in the last episode. <laughs> I noticed that he had a wig on. I'm pretty sure it was a wig in one scene. It was a bad wig. So now I can relate to the whole wig thing. Right? They're distracting. They are distracting. And it was, I was just distracted by the whole thing. Just like Jessica Chastain, he is naturally beautiful. You don't need to yeah, fuck, like, you don't need to fuck him up with a bad wig. Well, and he's got the like the locks too. Like he's got really yeah. nice locks. We've seen them in previous uh, versions of things that he's done, and right. he's got nice hair. So I don't know what happened in that particular scene. He's just maybe he's playing a shaved uh, head killer in the next thing, and maybe. they had to bring him back to do a scene or something like that. Yeah, maybe. And then they glued a bunch of hair to his head. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be the first time something like that has happened. Right. 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 All right. So anything else to offer on Inside Man? So what is the title? Like, uh, well, Inside you know, the Prison? Yeah, but, Stanley know, Tucci's on the inside. Yeah, but that's lame. Like, that <laughs> that title just is, it should give it away immediately that it's going to be a bad <laughs> movie. It's like, Inside Man? What's that got to do with anything? I just, you read, the, you read the synopsis of the of the movie and it's just like, Inside Man? I don't get it. So, so out, listener. I'm sure Stay out. if I thought about it, I could come up with other meanings but i don't want to think about it anymore <laughs> want to scrub our brains of this particular uh, incident we've already we've devoted four hours to this so yeah four and a half now with the with the podcast with the podcast so, so we're good so for another episode of the podcast listener thank you very much for joining us i'm not coco and i'm not dalton <laughs>